everybody, Good Life Housing Partners, episode 85. We're sitting here in wonderful downtown Los Angeles. It seems to get slightly cleaner just about every week. We're just coming off some runoff elections here in Los Angeles where the voters have spoken and Rick Caruso looks like he has yeah, a legitimate man, shot Rick in the Caruso. fall. Mr. Caruso, the mall man himself, has a real shot this fall. But before we get to all that, Mr. David Fogg, fresh off of a trip to the other coast, New York, how are things? Uh, things are good. Things are very re- relaxed. It was a great trip to New York. Uh, it's, it's funny to see New York definitely, at least on the hotels, the prices of hotels in, in New York, I, I was shocked to find how pricey they were. Uh, yes. So I think the tourists and then the tons of tourists I saw it. The various uh, I went to the uh, High High Line and the uh, yes. Little Island and all that, and so I saw a ton of tourists. So tourists are definitely back um, in Manhattan. The one thing I didn't see that uh, much, interestingly enough, was I didn't see that many office workers. Mm. So especially, and I was down at Very Wall empty. Street, Wall Street, and I actually did my little photo by the New York Stock Exchange, and uh, Wall Street was kind of quiet. Although yeah. I know the stock market has been having a lot of stuff happen the last few days. But, uh, you know, it doesn't look like the return to office is fully uh, materialized. Yeah, it's been, uh, it's been definitely slow going in New York. New York also, I think, part of that is it just tends to empty out a lot uh, as you get into summer months and people just kind of yeah. get hot. Or I mean, it was nice because it wasn't too crowded, too. So it was nice. And, I, and we had great weather, actually. So it was a nice time to visit New York. Yeah. Well, we wanted to bring up something different uh, this week. We actually uh, got a question from... One of our, I think he's an investor actually, and the question was that, you know, why is Good Life a doing industrial? But I think beyond the industrial is why don't we do like the Amazon warehouse? So why don't we do the Walmart super industrial? And and I think it's a really good question because I think that's what most people immediately associate with modern industrial is a giant supply focused. Uh, like Amazon warehouse or center or a manufacturer or or, or Federal Express or something. Yeah, yeah. Federal Express. I mean, where there's packages and those packages are meant to go there to distribute out to other places. But the the reality is for a group like ours, we are a value add driven firm and buying Amazon center definitely doesn't have usually much of a value add component to it. But beyond that, there's just the existing return is very low and it doesn't really work for groups like us where we we're aiming to achieve a bigger return, an outsized return is what we generally call it. Yeah, that's that's entirely correct. I mean, the the returns for, you know, if you've got a single tenant building lease to Walmart, who obviously is a giant and has, you know, a credit, um, you know, those those re- that real estate in this market is sold for, you know, 4% cap rates or, or, less. or less. I've seen three. I've and, seen two and, and a half. Well, you don't have any expenses and you're just getting 4%, you know, we're, you know, as a value-add investor, I think we had a podcast a few pods back where yes. we talked about core investing versus value-add investing, opportunistic investing, but we're value-add investors. And so we're trying to generate about a, you know, 12% to 15% type or better or better return. And so you just can't really do that with, a four, you know, if you're buying a 4% Walmart and he's, and, and you know, Walmart, he's of course, got a 20-year lease. he's got a 20-year lease and Walmart, of course, knowing who they're not, um, they're pretty sophisticated. They know, they know the, uh, the negotiating power they have uh, with given their credit, you know, they'll negotiate very aggressive, you know, and small rent bumps. And so there's not just not a lot more upside to, to that kind of an asset. There's safety to it, of course. 
but that's not um, you know types of um, assets we're looking at. You know, we're looking to to generate outsized returns with 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 asset classes where we've got you know appropriate you know risk risk adjustments, mitigations like you know with apartments where there's strong demand for for um, for, for for the space. And similarly, in industrial, we feel multi-tenant is where you can get those types of yields, and and we think with the right tenant mix and at the right location. I think it affords you some of those mitigants and risk mitigants in terms of uh, you know stability. Yeah, I think you know on the plus side you're afforded these because you have multiple tenants. They're generally doing they're in multiple industries. They have multiple needs even for the industrial. You're able to kind of spread your risk. On the not so great side is you now have to manage multiple tenants, just like how we do in our apartment housing. We have you know 100, 200, 500 unit properties. And we just have tenants, some that, you know, they work at night and they have their own schedule. Some that need, you know, they have children, There's they need playgrounds. They, so it's just those tenants in an apartment setting all have different needs. These tenants, when you're multi-tenant industrial, also will have multiple needs and credit ratings and credit abilities too. And so you've got to manage all that, yeah. which, is, which is difficult. I mean, it's not easy, but it, as easy as just getting an Amazon check and making sure that that building's in good shape. That, that's yeah. a lot easier. Yeah, and then, and that's a specific type of investor who wants that type of investment. Um, the, you know, our, our, with, with our investments instead, you know, there's multi-tenants, so there's, uh, on the other hand, you, what we look for with multi-tenant industrials, we look for, uh, because the market that we're in, oftentimes the big Amazons and, and the Federal Expresses and those other tenants taking up all the big space, they priced out and made um, made made supply a lot less available for these sort of smaller to medium tenants. And to us, a lot of those smaller medium tenants, or it could be family-owned businesses. They may not have the credit of Walmart, but they've right. been in business for a know, long time, long time, twenty years plus. Some of them, and some of them are local or regional, and you know they're not. They've been around Dallas as an example for a long time, and they're not leaving. And so they need to, you know, their suppliers, distributors, etc. All the other elements of their business is all that network and infrastructure is all located in the area, and they're not looking to just completely move out of the metro, DFW metropolitan area. Yeah. And so that creates a little bit of inherent um, demand itself, and which we find attractive stability, which we find. Well, I think attractive. you bring up a good point: is that. You know, unlike the Amazons or the FedEx and Walmart, which are really doing a national or even global business, these tenants really are doing a business in probably like a five to ten mile trade circle. And so they absolutely have to be in whatever area they are, wherever they're, they're leasing space from us. They're, most of their customers are right in that surrounding area or in certain cases, they, they need to be there for somebody else. Like they're getting parts or materials yeah. from a nearby supplier and then they're assembling there or they're shipping out from that spot so there is some yeah. there's like an ecosystem and, that most of these guys yeah feed and there's into. a business infrastructure like you said that that ecosystem their suppliers nearby and other people and they assemble it there or they manufacture it there and they get other components and things there so they like you said then they've been in business for years so they don't want yeah. to uproot that whole new system well they can't that system the yeah. reality is they just can't because to go somewhere else if somebody even as simple as they're on the west side of dallas and they want to go on the east side of dallas they basically got it they're almost starting a whole new business yeah. because all those other contacts and clients and distributors and materials and all that are going to be different yeah on, on well that, that coupled also with their employees yeah. especially if they got long-term employees who they value they 
you know don't want to lose those employees and so they they can't just move completely to a new city no. and and, and re, you know relocate even though that might be cheaper from just a pure cost standpoint it just doesn't make sense from an overall business plan standpoint and so that creates you know uh, interesting demand and and and, and safety we feel uh, risk mitigants um, for multi-tenant industrial and that's that's you know why we're attracted to it yeah i think mean, that 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 spells it out pretty well that is so this is where in 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 the industrial sector of real estate where you'll achieve the highest returns is doing multi-tenant industrial with it comes a set of different responsibilities and management that you don't have to do in single tenant or maybe dual tenant industrial where you have two tenants so this is so when you have like in some of our centers we have as many as 15 tenants yeah there is a certain amount of work we have to do in some cases i've seen that this isn't speaking our buildings i've seen where the developer will like try to create a synergy where all the tenants are in the same kind of industry industry industry. like i've seen i've actually seen uh, the the most good the best example of this is multi-tenant industrial but um directed at like fitness so there'll be like the crossfit gym there'll be some sort of like equipment guy there'll be some sort of um like other type of group exercise training and they'll all put all these folks together into one um, industrial center and it'll be like the fitness center so and I've seen I've actually seen that as well for like um, design warehouse home goods yeah uh, like actually like you know granite flooring this that and it all is just yeah, stone one, all that one area yeah. so uh, that th- th- you can do some interesting things that way and create a synergy and maybe even create more value by keep putting tenants of like kind together but for the most part, in our centers, we're we're trying to go in, identify where there's some value add capability, and that could be as simple as just changing the leases from a gross lease to a triple net or, or double net lease. Something we've talked about in previous episodes: the difference in leasing, or it could be as uh, much larger in like repositioning that industrial for something else. Yeah. Or it could be building some additional. Yeah, tenants. or building a, a new building like we're doing on one yeah. of our projects where we're um, re-entitling it, rezoning a portion of it to allow. You know, getting through a flood study. Getting through a flood study so that, for example, we can uh, utilize uh, excess land, about five acres, to build another fifteen to 30,000 square foot building, which obviously, we given the market demand, we can lease out and, and generate additional revenue and value for the asset. And which is, you know, part of the land came as a part of the deal, uh, just to add to this a little bit, uh, the tenant was actually using the land free of cost, and then the tenant was removed because they didn't want to start paying for the land. And then part of our business plan that if the tenant didn't want to pay for the land, we would then develop on this land. And so, as David mentioned, there's other parts of this that we're working through, like entitlement, flood yeah. zoning, financing, but all of that will create substantial value as that land for what we bought it for, which is part of additional costs is essentially sort of free in our deal. Free, yeah. So these are some of the ways that, that we look at multi-tenant industrial specifically, um, and, and most specifically why we choose to do multi-tenant as opposed to some of the other uh, industrial that you'll see out there. So like, I think that's a pretty fair, yeah. good answer for Yeah, that's a good answer to the question about why we don't do that. Well, let, let's get to some items of the week. You, uh, I think you had a good number. Um, well, a couple numbers. I, I actually couldn't decide. I had two numbers. One, one was the inflation number, which everyone's eight talking about. Eight point something. Yes, we're we're now at eight point six percent CPI for May 20, uh, 
uh, April was at 8.3% and March was at 8.5% just to put in retrospect. And so, you know, when the when the April numbers came out and, you know, it was a little bit lower than March's, everyone got a little excited that maybe these Fed rate increases is, is helping out and, 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 <laughs> things working. Are, and things would be good. And now, you know, we've gone from 8.3%. Now we've gone up to 8.6%, which is more than what the March number was. So now it's, it's, it's you know, highest levels in four decades. And, and everyone is, and if you look at the stock market, I think, was a Friday went down 850 points and and I think today's been pretty pretty bad too on a Monday um so uh, it's uh, you know inflation is definitely very broad and and it's here so it's not it's not just fleeting um so anyway that was my that was my initial numbers um and then just on a personal level I know you know groceries have gone up 11.9 percent year over year and having been shopping recently at the grocery store i can attest to that and of course our my favorite gas gas has reached a uh a high of uh, five dollars national average five dollars a gallon uh which was the record high on june 10th last week california were at six dollars and 43 cents and i definitely paid six dollars and 43 cents if not more yesterday to fill up my car so and this is notwithstanding the epa allowing you know, they they did an emergency waiver to allow, uh, you know, certain Additional ethanol yeah. and, and, and other things to be wow. waived. But uh, and I think we released a million barrels from our strategic reserve to try to Biden's trying to <coughs> manage this. But it seems like this is going <coughs> to continue Here for a while. Head. Yeah, it definitely is. Um, I, I actually just to piggyback on your gas number, I've been taking some Ubers of late and having some Uber conversations. One of the interesting ones I've been having is I'll often go in an Uber and I'll ask the driver, like, has this gas pricing impacted your... Yeah, so to add on your gas number, I've actually been taking Ubers for a while. And uh, one of the questions that's become sort of like a topic that I, I bring up is, is, has this gas increase affected their livelihoods? And I've gotten all sorts of answers. Some it doesn't matter, some you know really does. But the best answer I got was actually this guy today was like, yeah, I basically am a full-time Uber driver. And I said, okay. And he said, I, you know, I'm doing much better doing this than working at the airport. And, but basically I only fill up 30 bucks a day. And once 30 I, bucks, just 30, 30 bucks. Okay. Once I get to a point where I'm, I'm gonna have to refill it, I'm done driving. And so he had like a, um, you know, he had a pretty fuel efficient car. So he's probably getting like, you know, let's just say he's getting 30 miles a gallon. Mm-hmm. He's getting five gallons, 150 miles. So, you know, he can do a handful of jobs, but he's not going to make quite He's not going to make as much, right? Yeah. So. And, and I don't know if the trade is worth it for him. Like, I do think he's sort of, I don't know how he got to that number, that the ride ended, but I really wanted to figure out like how he's getting to the number. And I think what it is, is because there's, why I brought this up is like beyond the gas prices you bring up, when you have so much of, of conversation around recessions and about people like, you know, about ideas about, you know, the economy slowing and job loss, things of that that are happening, that you automatically assume that you need to temper your own spending because you can control that. And, and so it's very, I don't know what the psychological phenomenon is around this, but it's like, it's like when you lose money gambling, most people will then try and like make a sandwich the next day. They won't just go out for a steak dinner unless mm-hmm. they really don't care. Because they're trying to control the little control they have in their lives. They're trying to control those expenses. And so when you talk a lot about recessions, whether a recession affects Uber driver, which I don't think it really does, and whether gas goes up from $4 to $6, that 2 bucks, he's going to make a lot more 
filling the tank up $60 than he is filling up 30 But somehow he's saying, I'm going to control mm -hmm. this. I guess that's true. The psychology is interesting because I guess it's along the same lines, right? That's yeah. like why the Fed raises interest rates is yeah. to, you know, then the, yeah, interest rate, you know, yeah. to, to tape, yeah, to, to taper us, to taper yeah. us, to, uh, yeah. you know, borrow less and borrow less, less and be invest, less, you know, you know slow, slow down the activity, yeah. basically. So I think that's one of the, the things I'm starting to hear more people talk about is that like this, this is going to be a recession. We're in one probably. We are going to slow down. We're already slowing down. We've seen mm -hmm. on our own. You know, in our world, we've seen some definite slowdowns yeah. in certain parts. But at the same time, a lot of it is not going to be like what we had 10 years ago or 12, no. 14 years ago. It's not going to be that extreme. Yeah. Because well, the fundamentals are in better shape today yeah. than they ever were. Well, the other thing, too, I, I saw, I was going to talk a little bit about it, was that, you know, this is creating some opportunity. And I saw a trade recently where Apollo agreed to buy, um, back from New York now, the Hilton in Times Square. Okay. And they paid $85 million for it which is a huge discount from the 2006 sale price of 242 million. Wow. And That's so there there there's been like one or two, there's <laughs> been one or two like hotel deals in Manhattan that have started trading like that at these big um, discounts to what they were a number of years ago. And so they think that, you know, certain well-capitalized investors those opportunities will present themselves as oh, things slow down. So it won't be fire sales, but it's 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 just the uh, you know, there will be some opportunities out there, which I think that'll happen in our industry too. Yeah, I think so too. I think that'll definitely happen. Um, you're gonna see, you know, we, we're seeing some right now, even in, in robust sectors like multi-tenant industrial mm -hmm. or apartments, especially workforce burden, you're starting to see some some very small cap rate compression. Yeah. Uh, with a cap, a cap rate expansion. Yeah. yeah. So you're gonna see little bits of it. It's definitely starting to turn into a little more buyer's uh, market. You might see more, I think, I think that's a very fair point. All right, any, any good content for you this week? Uh, I happened to watch it, which I thought you would enjoy, uh, Hustle. Yes. Adam Sandler I'm going to watch bas that. basketball movie. And uh, it was a fun movie to watch, although certain parts of it was a little unbelievable, like that Adam Sandler would be married to Queen Latifah. Yes. <laughs> which yes. is a little so hard to... Odd pairing there. <laughs> it was odd, odd pairing. pairing. I don't know how they... It shows you how, how they, they did... Queen Latifah. Uh, yes, <laughs> and I don't know how they... Uh, did this did the, the the casting for that one yeah but it was a lot of fun because there was all um, sorts of basketball players which yeah. i you're much more bigger basketball yeah. fan than i am so i'm sure you recognize i just recognized a few guys like yeah doc rivers and the old guys like kenny smith and, and shack and stuff yeah, yeah, yeah. but there, there was, definitely a lot of young players that were pretty fun to watch i've heard odd reviews about that that, that, that it's not his usual funny guy role it's like kind of like a more of an acting role it was it was more of an acting role it was, it was expected story of coach you know being supportive and you know okay. the player makes it and all that into the NBA. The one number actually from there I didn't realize was the minimum salary for the NBA players. He said, I assume it was true, what he said in the movie, which was like nine hundred thousand dollars. Oh really? Which is the minimum? Like... They said the minimum salary. He said there's was I think three hundred fifty or four hundred fifty players with another a thousand guys wanting to get it. Oh, <laughs> so, that I believe. That, so, so that, you that, have that, to be pretty good true. to get it. And so, that's definitely true. So, you know, watching those guys in movies, I was like, oh, he's like pretty young guys <laughs> just yes. doing these amazing basketball feats. That, that's, that's but it was a fun basketball way to watch. So I thought you'd enjoy it too. Yes, I will. Uh, I will definitely enjoy that. I'm looking forward to uh, watching that. What was your uh, What was your content? My My content was actually uh, I started watching uh, the Stranger Things this Stranger episode four. Okay. Um, and I haven't really got through it, and it's it's pretty interesting because it's like these episodes are like very long. They're like they're like small movies. They're like all like an hour, hour and a half even. And so I haven't really gotten through the first episode, but I was just like, 
it's just a lot to like sit down for an, unless you're really binging it and you're super into it i think in that that stranger things is interesting is it like a twilight zone like a different story it, each episode well, I haven't got through the first episode. Oh, you haven't got through like, the first episode. I've gotten through like half of it. Oh, okay. yes. I mean, for short answer, yes. I think it is like, oh, okay. but it, but they're but they're t they're tied together. They're tied together. Oh. It'll be hard to watch episode one of this season okay. and not have like watch any of the previous because okay. there's all this like backstory that you sort of need to know. But they're long. They're really like you know, is they're eighty, ninety minutes. What is this? Is this a British? No, this is based in like uh, Indiana. I know it's based in California, California oh, and, and Indiana or something like that. It's like basically. Like Goonies, sci-fi Goonies. Got it, got it. Did you have a number? Did we do your number? Uh, no, my number was 30. 30 okay. bucks a day for the you. Oh, Uber 30 man. bucks a day. Yeah, got yeah. I got it, got it. And uh, my upgrade for you this week? Uh, no upgrades. Didn't, get, didn't go anywhere this weekend. No, uh, no, no, you no, took well, the JetBlue well, Mint. Well, well, I took the JetBlue Mint. We that talked about that last week. That was an upgrade. We talked about that. Well, yeah. actually, no, we didn't talk about that. Yeah. I just got back from there. Yes. I took the JetBlue Mint, which it's was a nice, a nice little, it's a nice it's a nice little, little mint compared to yeah. the American Airlines. A little, little more first. friendly, a little yeah. more social. Yeah, a little yeah. more friendly. Much a little make you a little, little latte and stuff. Yes. It's kind of nice. Um, my upgrade was actually, I've, uh, I've been playing more basketball. And uh, I've been trying to get out, play some more basketball and... And uh, while playing is very fun, the next day I'm quite uh, a lot more sore than I used to be five, ten years ago. So I'm dealing with that. I'm, I'm trying to figure it out. Recover is quick. Yeah. So that's that was my upgrade. Is playing more basketball this past week. So that was good. Um, all right, folks. That is it for us today. It is Monday, June thirteenth. We are closing out. Please do keep your questions coming. We're always ready to answer, and we have a host of deals coming up here that are all. I wouldn't say they're recession resistant, but I feel really good about them going into a recession. Yes, yes. So I'll say that much at least. All right, folks, thank you so much. Last Take words. Take care. Be safe, everyone. Bye.